listening to the Heritage Film Club podcast show. It's three lads chatting about a movie that one of them forced the others to watch. If you're looking for an in-depth analysis of your favourite movies, boy, have you come to the wrong place. My fancy British accent is as smart as this show will ever sound. These guys barely know what they're talking about. It's time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the club. Now here are your hosts, Mike, Brian and Clayton. So long ago, in the mysterious land of Toronto, Canada, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. Until he met the literal girl of his dreams, Ramona Flowers, a rollerblading, dream-invading delivery girl for Amazon.ca. But that chick had some serious baggage in the form of seven evil exes, which Scott must fight his way through and defeat in order to date her. Welcome to the newest episode of the Heritage Film Club. Uh, I am Mike, and with me, as always, are Brian, Hi, Clayton, Hello, and the returning Jared. How's it going? All right, how are you guys? Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Doing well? Doing all right. Good. Good, you ready to talk some Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Absolutely. Definitely. All right. Maybe. Great. Well, <laughs> that's to look forward to. All right, so... So as I said, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is the movie this week that was my pick. Uh, it came out in 2010 and is our second movie, directed by Edgar Wright and his first North American movie. Uh, it stars a lot of people. Uh, Michael Cera as Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers, then we have Alan Wong, Karen Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Alison Pill, Aubrey Plaza, Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman, and more. Uh, this one had a budget of $85 million, uh, but with tax breaks, uh, it was around 60. It only grossed 48.1 million. So one would say it was a box office bob omb <laughs> Nice. All right. Uh, I've been waiting all week, all week to do that. All right. Are we just cool. going to stop now? Are, are you good? Uh-huh. Yeah, because you can't be there. these queued up here. Yeah? yeah, no, that's the only one. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, that's, that's as funny as he gets. Yep. Very proud of that. Okay. Anyway, IMDb score 7.5, uh, Metacritic 69, and Rotten Tomatoes. As always, I'll throw it to the floor. Critics or audience? I'll say audience. 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 Okay, it was actually pretty close. Critics 82, audience 84. Wow. Is this a cult following movie in the comic circle thing genre? Yeah, I would say so. It, it wasn't a big, um, as we just said, wasn't a big box office smash, but it is pretty well respected okay, by, cool. by most, I would say. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies a lot of people find like later on, like a few years after it came out, and like, why didn't this do well? Because just because it's so good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But obviously, we'll see if we all think it's so good <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> so let's get into it. Brian, do you want to start? Yeah. Quick summary. Liked it. 
had seen it before, seen it when it first came out, liked it differently this time. Ah, that's interesting. Well, we can get into that. So that's my little, that's my teaser. Was that the last time you saw it until now? No, I'd seen it. In, I'd seen it in between. Okay. So it's probably like because I watched it twice for this, so that's probably I think it's four all told now. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, it's just great. I think there's just like so many sort of aspects of the movie that are just like so likable. It's so much fun. Just the whole way the movie's made, it's just so hard not to like it. Like from the first the first song when they're playing in the lounge, it's like yeah, this movie's gonna be great. Yeah, not that we're on already, but we're going to be best friends mm-hmm. after this. Yeah. All right. Cool. Clayton. Now, I have... You oh, know the Halloween, the Halloween podcast? Yes. You said this was your movie, and I was awfully excited to watch it, yeah? Because I was you like, were. I, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Imagine my surprise when I turn this movie on, and I'm watching it going, I've never seen this movie before. What did you think you had watched? <laughs> what is a comic book movie? Now... I can't remember the name. It's got a girl. I think she wears purple. She's like a vigilante. And her dad's like an assassin as well. And they go around just oh, uh, kick messing ass. people up. Kick ass, yeah. Kick ass, yeah. I thought we were watching that. No, we are not. No, so we were now, Pilgrim. I'm so That's glad we didn't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by the way, that opens up this whole podcast in a completely different way. Oh, yeah. Because we thought we had got your hot take uh, last recording. So... Okay, I'm going to leave you there. Um, we'll swing back around because I don't want you to ruin this for me while it lasts. Okay. I love this movie so much. I hadn't seen it for ages. I've been wanting to watch it for a long time again. And I, oh man, I, what did I say about Thanks for Swing? It's so good. <laughs> this movie is so good. I love it. I love it. I'll go into why when we swing back around, but I think we have to start with Clayton, man. Must do. Mm-hmm. I actually liked it. I enjoyed it. Good, good. After the initial, what am I watching? Where is the assassin chick? I <laughs> like. I literally stopped it. Had to make sure that it was the right video, the way the right movie. And I was like, no, no, it's the right movie. This is what Mike chose. And I'm like, where is the assassin girl? And yeah, so. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's my take. That's a very short take. Do you want to elaborate? Oh, okay. No, no, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole heap of it. I mean, the the intro the intro part gave me a little bit of epilepsy if I was epileptic. <laughs> well, actually, colors. actually, I wanted to say to you, because that was the one thing you hated about Thank You For Smoking, Yep, was this long title sequence. And then now this movie has it as well. Did you still have a problem or through the whole like i enjoyed the fact that the movie played and then it kicked into the whole opening title sequence mm-hmm. but throughout that whole title sequence i was like there needs to be like an epilepsy warning on this because the colors were crazy yeah it was pretty intense um but besides that i enjoyed some of the actors that were in it mm-hmm. um i enjoyed the vegan police i thought they were yeah, awesome. I thought you would <laughs> yep did you recognize who at least one of them was? Yeah, the vegan police? Yeah. No. I only recognized Captain America and the pimply Pitch Perfect girl. Is that all? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh and, and the main guy, he's from uh, Lonely Island, yeah? No. Is he not part of Lonely Island? No, he's not. Oh. Uh. I can see why you might think that, but no. 
But this is going to make my um, trivia not as everyone already knows it as I thought it would be. Hmm. Okay, that's good. All right. Did you... Yep. I, I was going to say, that the Pac-Man, Puck-Man thing, is that real? Uh, you know what? I forgot to look it up. Oh, damn it. I thought somebody would know. I think so. I think it, it is. is. Yeah, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I've read that before, or it's some sort of fever dream, but I'm pretty sure that that's, that's on the level, yeah. That's awesome, because I was like... That's pretty cool, huh? That's pretty <laughs> funny if that was the case. But don't you just love that that's his opening line to break the ice with girls? Mm-hmm. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. How often does that work? Well, apparently with high school girls, but okay, let's veer away from that. Yeah, it's so funny, like, just how nervous he gets um, saying it to Ramona, like, obviously talking to Knives, it's just like... Straight, yeah, he's rehearsed it and everything. But again, with Ramona, it's just like, yeah, he just completely falls apart saying the whole pickup line. Yeah, that's, I reckon, that's just because he thinks with Knives being a high school girl and him being uh, an adult, mm-hmm. that it makes him sound smart. But when he has to say it to someone his age, he realizes how lame it probably is. Yeah. So, yeah. And she has a uh, really, really good icy stare. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, good yes. luck with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only one thing I didn't like. Oh, only one. That's good. Yeah, was the ending with the Asian chick, um, Knives. Knives, yeah. Like, she in love with Scott Pilgrim the whole movie, right? Yeah. She could have, like, went away with his clone or something, you know? <laughs> with nigger Scott, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But besides that, I was quite happy. Sequel? Yeah. A sequel, yeah. I, I, I just assumed that, like, the real Scott was going to go with the main chick, and then she would hook up with the other Scott, and they would, like, double date or something. So did you ever think that Scott might end up with Knives at the end, or did you always assume he was going to end up with Ramona? No, I assumed that he was going to end up with the main chick. Okay. It's been years since I've watched this last, and I actually couldn't remember who he did end up with. I like oh, that's vaguely, good. I had vaguely remembered the ending, but I couldn't remember which one he went with. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, cool. And Clayton, any, any other thoughts? No, I like the... Well, I have got a favourite scene. I have got a favourite fight scene and I know who my MVP is like I really like after the initial shock of the movie I really enjoyed it it was a nice way to spend like just under two hours and there's my quote for social media (laughs) that should be on the poster of the re-release it's a nice way to spend just under two hours very good cool man um okay uh Brian yeah um, like I said, I, li- I liked it, but I liked it differently. Yeah, explain. From from having seen it the first time round, it was kind of because you'd you got me onto the onto the comic books, mm-hmm. um, right up to the point where the la- the last one wasn't out, and you're doing that whole when's the next one coming, you yeah. Know? And so, bit, uh, even then, it was a little stronger this time. Even then, um, I like Ramona better in the comic books than I do in the movie. Totally. Uh-huh. And I'm a big fan of the actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and so uh, so I really like her. But I don't really like Ramona a lot in this movie. Yeah, there's reasons for that I'll get into later. Would be good to know if it's in the trivia. Oh, no, I'm not going to tell you why you don't like her. I'm just going to no, tell you no, why, 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 yeah. why the character's different. Yeah, and thinking, you know, she, she's much... And to be fair, so is Scott. And so I think the more I've, the more I've watched it, um, this time around, even on the, the second watch through this time, I just really enjoyed all the secondary characters. Knives, oh, yeah, totally. Knives isn't really a secondary, but they're all... They're, they're the best part of it for me. Um, I, I enjoyed the music a lot more this time around. I don't know why. Time there was a you know song kicks in, it's just like yeah, revel in it, sex bomb. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just all these things that I kind of hadn't really paid attention to the first time round, first couple of times, you know, 2010. This time really stood out to me. And much like when we did Shaun of the Dead, 
and there was all those visual comedy aspects that I picked up this time, things that I, I pretty much hadn't paid too much, paid as much attention to first time around. Um, and that was that was really cool for me. I really enjoyed that. Good time. It made me laugh. Do you think that's also because the first time you watched it, you were timeline-wise closer to the comics or having yeah. read the comics and you were comparing it and now you weren't so much? Yeah, I think that's probably um, probably true. So I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to say which lines were taken directly from the comic book, if any, um, and you know, and how much more is added and what's taken out and all that kind of thing. And so being a little further from it is probably a good thing. And then I just watched it as, as a comedy movie yep. and a comic book movie and a video game movie, kind of, um, and all of that. Yeah. So just my, my take was different. I liked it for different reasons. And the things that I didn't like, not really didn't like, but I, I probably liked Ramona even less this time and even Scott to a degree they were kind of a little more annoying and I was just waiting for Knives to turn up or Young Neil or Envy all of those people yeah Wallace Wallace, Wallace yes thank you thank legendary you. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh <laughs> just, just brilliant character seriously <laughs> I was gonna say yeah you, you made the point of saying video game movie and Man, I've got to say, this is probably the best video game movie ever, and yes. it's not even based on a video game. <laughs> yeah, gets everything in there, right? Yeah, yeah it really does. It, it hits the notes properly. Mm-hmm. For sure. I would Did dispute you... that. Oh. Okay, what's the best video game movie, Clayton, before you get fired? Uh, Ready Player One. That's... Oh, I see what you're doing. Like, mm. it's not really a video yeah, game okay. movie, but All it's right. a video game movie. Yeah, yeah. The whole book's right. based on a video game. Not a real one, though. Well, you yeah, the like the art yeah yeah no I understand what you're saying but yeah you're making the same point I am it's a ah, movie based okay. on a game that's not a real game okay yeah we can yeah. sit back Jared okay. this might go a while yep no no back no, no we've cleared we've cleared it up alright good okay I still I still put this ahead of that but that's just me I know you're a massive fan of Ready Player One and I know that at some point we're going to end up watching it for the podcast oh yeah oh yeah okay cool alright Jared what, what do you reckon yeah, it's just, I think it's just Edgar Wright's filmmaking. It's just so creative, like... In, in this movie, it is, eh? Yeah, exactly. Like, just, like, a lot of the choices, like, you don't see in regular movies, like, some of the, like, the effects that pop up on the screen, the transitions, the text. It's just it's just so much fun, the whole movie. And, like, I think the storyline's really interesting. Um, acting was all great. Uh, soundtrack was really good. Really liked the soundtrack. Um, yeah, just <laughs> um, visuals, everything. Just... Yeah, just really enjoyable movie. I think like I I, I sort of watched a, a video as well, a couple of videos about like sort of dissecting the movie and just a lot of the choices in the editing are just so good. Like the way that he uses movement to transition between scenes is cutting on the music, the little sound effects and everything. Um, I think comedic timing is really good. A yeah. lot of like yeah. really good like the jokes are at like the perfect moment. It's really fast paced. It's just yeah. Just how he makes movies is just so much fun. Also, another thing I think they did really well was overacting in some parts, but on purpose. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Which added to it. Uh, the examples being Lucas Lee, played by Chris Evans, mm-hmm. um, Todd Ingram, Brandon Ralph, and um, even Envy Adams, Brie Larson. They had some really good scenery-chewing type scenes. and uh, Yeah. I think that was really cool. In terms um, of comedic comedic timing, there's that bit that's always cracked me up. The one where Knives comes to, to the house looking for him and Scott yeah. dives out the window. 
So, and, <laughs> that and whole all scene the, and is great. The whole scene is great, yeah. and even the point where he come, he puts his arm back in to grab the jacket, and yes. and Wallace moves to cover the action, and it's just you know it swings around. And you see Scott walking behind her, and I just I love that bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. when Knives says um, when when he says oh he's just stepped out, and then you see him fly up through the window. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's it's a really really cool little sequence. The the bits where um, he's talking about his hair and his real like self conscious about his hair being shaggy. And then, like, there's that quick transition, and he's got his hat on. And the hat's on, yeah. 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 And they keep going back to it, even right at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. so good. Yep. Um, another really good scene that's it's really... It would normally, in, a, in any other movie, be jarringly out of place, but it works so perfectly, is the um, Seinfeld scene, where mm-hmm. suddenly you just hear the Seinfeld music, mm. and they play it like a sitcom for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It's Laugh track and all of that, right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's um, both times I watched it this time, I um, I was thinking, man, Edgar Wright has stepped up his game to a whole different level for this movie, and his movies are great anyway. Um, but this is like, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. Well, not better than Jared did anyway. Um, <laughs> it's oh, it's just fantastic. The the incorporation of of all the video game stuff, you know the. And scattering the power of self-respect. The, the coins whenever he defeated someone. Just yeah. 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 Coins. Mm-hmm. yeah. All the video games down to fix. I love how in the, the first fight, when he bursts into coins, he's like, oh, coins. And he goes and picks them all up. Just like such a switch from this fight to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how everybody, once the fight's over, everybody just sort of, okay, back to what you were doing. Yeah. It's, done. it's, yep. it's really weird. Yeah, but man, for for a guy who, and, and I'm talking about Edgar Wright, for a guy who directed what Shaun of the Dead, oh, I guess he did Hot Fuzz, but there are, he's never directed action or fight scenes anywhere near this level. And man, they are so good. These are some of the best fight scenes I've seen in movies, man. Mm-hmm. They're super well shot. The special effects, everything, and all the fights look different as well. Yeah, very cool. I feel like it paces really well, you know, because it's, it it's quite it's quite action, you know, action based. Of course, and the, the the bits where it's fighting, because effectively it's video game fighting, and they happen really really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it sort of in hindsight, at the right moments, it, you know, they're on the bus, and it's quiet. You know, it kind of it slows the pace back down again, so it's not like barreling along the entire nearly two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like like a pacing thing is, is is pretty cool. It all hangs together really nicely as far as that goes. Otherwise, you'd just be exhausted by the end of it. Not. Yeah, and it never felt like a two-hour movie. No, never, none at all. It doesn't have any draggy bits or anything. Mm. It's, it's really quick. Anyway. Like, like there's, um, he's telling Ramona about the Battle of the Bands. He's like telling her where to, where it is, and then straight away it like transitions into the Battle of the Bands, and she's there. It's just mm, yeah. really fast-paced. I really like it. Yeah, but yeah, not in a bad way. It's mm-hmm. it's um, it's exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you're right as well. Secondary characters in this movie are just brilliant. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. every character that... I mean, I really like Michael Cera in this movie. I don't like him generally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I was never... And this will anger people, I'm sure. But I was never an Arrested Development fan. Um, I've tried so many times. I just can't get into it. But I have watched some. And uh, obviously... Like you, Brian, I'm a Mary Elizabeth Winstead fan. That just goes without saying. But 
yeah, the secondary characters are just, oh, like we said before, Wallace. Yep. <laughs> Without giving anything away for the end, my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> like, so good. He's, he's great. So funny. Yeah. 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 I think it's a lot of action in a tiny apartment. <laughs> yeah, with sharing a bed with Scott at the same time as the action. As other and, Scott. Uh, and, and, and the other Scott. Scott. Yeah. And occasionally a couple of other people. Um, yeah. His uh, Scott's sister's boyfriend. Yeah. Joe Wallace. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's fantastic. Very funny. Um, very funny. Just his delivery of the lines is great. Um, the whole, you might have to bust out the L word, and then it's the whole lesbian? It's like the other L word lesbians it's like love Scott it wasn't a trick it's just uh, it's everything it's so good does everyone have a favourite evil ex I don't know if I have a a particular favourite out of them all so hang on before we answer that then let me list them off um, for those listening so in order I think Matthew Patel is the first one uh, then Lucas Lee then Todd Ingram then Roxy Richter, then the Katianagi twins, and then Gideon Graves. So those are your seven evil exes. Yeah, so like Jared said, did you have a favorite? I definitely do. Clayton? Hello, Clayton. No, I, I had a favorite fight scene, but not a favorite ex. I like them all. They're probably, those two questions probably tie together, so we can broaden the question, say what was your favorite fight scene then? Oh, the favorite fight scene was the, I think it's the Asian twins, and we're there at the band battle. Yes. Because it was just like Pokemon. It was just like yeah, how the dragons yeah. came out, and then the other guy's playing the guitar, and he creates a creature, and then they fight him midair. Like, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was really cool. But if I had to go hard seeking, it'd be Captain America. Okay. Brian? Um... I had thought about favorite fight scene. I hadn't thought about favorite evil X. I think my, my favorite fight scene is uh, is Lucas Lee mm-hmm. and the the stunt doubles and the skateboard and all of that. That'd be my favorite. For favorite um, evil X though, it would be Roxy Richter because she's okay. just all rage. <laughs> she is yeah. so yeah. angry. Punch me in the boob yeah. and just all, all of that. Yes, yeah, she's just just fully intense. I think she's the most dangerous of all of them. She's the one who comes the closest to kicking his ass. Yeah, wasn't it that I was bi-curious, now I'm bi-furious? Bi-furious, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's some really, really bad dialogue that works so perfectly in this movie. Yeah, and he stands and he faces her. I would run. I'm putting that out there right now. I would just run like a rabbit. (laughs) Once you were were V-gone, but now you'll be gone. (laughs) That that is the one line that that makes me cringe until... Todd Ingram turns around and goes, Vegan? Yeah. And I was like, okay, even you knew that was a strained line, so that's fine, I let it pass. Um, yeah. and, and that weird yeah. bit of bit of poetry, or the, the rhyming when he's fighting Matthew Patel. Yeah. But after, after he said, that doesn't even rhyme, and then he busts out like a rhyme of his own, and it was just this weird dialogue for stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the whole Bollywood fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, what was your favorite? Who's your favorite ex or favorite fight scene? Or I asked the question of the favorite ex, but I. I it's so hard to pick one like they're all quite interesting lucas lee is really good even like just the overacting is is just funny so good yeah, yeah. um fight scene I, I probably same as clayton and katinagi twins i think mm-hmm. that's just it's the scene i remembered the most from watching the movie so long ago just like the visuals of it the huge giant amps behind them and then just the, the battle between them 
but the, I think the Gideon fight scene was great as well. When he just like rewinds back, comes and does the whole thing over again, that was that was great. Yeah, the, the losing life is really cool. But by the time yeah. they got to Gideon, mm-hmm. he was he was so unlikable at that point. I'm just I'd kind of come out of it and gone with the whole just just take him down. Yeah, you've, you've got to just beat him down bad. And I, I couldn't quite enjoy it as much of that because I'm just like I just hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got me. And he played that douchey character extremely oh, hell well. Yeah. You made me mm. swallow my gum. <laughs> uh, this must be the of all the movies we've done so far. I think this is the most quotes already. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty certain. Yeah, belief. Yeah, it probably doesn't hurt that um, the majority of us watched it more than once. Yeah, that is also true. Yes, we were talking um, the other week about um, favorite movie quotes. And there was the one from Kim early on in the movie. Um, if your life had a face, oh. I would punch it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. That's so good. Yeah. But that reminds me too, because that's one thing I really love about Michael Cera's performance is his reactions to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was good because he was like, yeah, what? Um, <laughs> and then also the one where he's like, I love garlic bread. It's pretty much my favorite food. I could eat it all in one go without stopping. And she's like, but then you'd get fat. He goes, no, why? She's like, bread makes you fat. And then the way he delivers the bread makes you fat line, uh, every time I burst out laughing because his delivery is just spot on. It's actually a really good garlic bread. Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal or just eat it all the time without even stopping. <laughs> you get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? Just love that, like, he's... You see him preparing this dinner and everything for a day and it's just a loaf of garlic bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all he's got. Yeah. Uh, true love. He's really good. I don't think he's as far off the comic character as Ramona might be. And Ramona's not mm. exactly far off. She's just portrayed in a different way. Yeah. Um, I think Scott's pretty close. The There is one line in the comics that didn't make it into the movie for obvious reasons um that i remember bursting out laughing the first time i ever read the book and was a bit disappointed when it wasn't in the movie which is when he first meets ramona uh, on the top of the stairs and he has in the movie as well he has the patch on his sleeve on his jacket which is the x-men patch (laughs) and in the comic she says, oh, what's with the patch? And he's like, well, clearly one of us didn't attend the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters or whatever the line is. <laughs> and um, obviously that couldn't make it into the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember just being like, oh man, you left the best line out. But I read the first book in preparation for this and they lift heavily from the dialogue uh, in the book. There's a lot of direct quotes lifted right from the comic in this movie. And even things like the ownership diagram of Wallace's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, where it goes around yeah. and labels everything and says what's Wallace's yeah. and what's Scott's, that's that's a direct panel from from the movie. So this is a way, Zack Snyder, that you can <laughs> you can lift almost panel for panel, but not look like you're lifting panel for panel. Yeah, you know, be selective. Yeah, this this had the bonus though of fully embracing the comicness and putting things like captions and sound effects sound effects yeah yeah I, I, wasn't I, I that like, cool I, like, like every time the phone rings mm-hmm. and you yeah. get the ring and that, that's i like that or during the todd ingram fight where um we've lost scott he's been punched into the building then you just see the bass sound effect mm-hmm. coming out of the yeah. darkness yep. yep i like that really mm-hmm. yeah really cool um so hang on did we did i cut us all off um 
So I didn't say my favorite one. Um, so now that we can split it, it makes it easier for me. Um, my favorite Evil X by far is Lucas Lee. I love all of his lines in the movie. Um, when he first punches out Scott Pilgrim, then he turns to Ramon and he's like, hey, how are you? He seems nice. <laughs> it's <laughs> fantastic. All is just douchiness. Like, mm-hmm. you really think I'm going to do that grind, bro? And he's like, there's girls watching. Someone bring me my skateboard. <laughs> just, oh. And my very, very favorite line um, from him is... Just lost Mike. Because, fun fact, using a trivia fact, all those stunt doubles in the movie for Lucas Lee are actually Chris Evans' real stunt doubles. Oh, hey, for real? Yeah, for his movies. So they got a bit of extra screen time without having to pretend to be him. And that gave me one of my favorite favorite lines of the whole movie is when he turns to scott and he says sometimes i let him do the wide shots when i feel like getting blazed back in my winnie because <laughs> that makes me laugh every single time just this delivery of it oh, it's just so stupid and as far as my favorite fight scene it would be it was going to be the lucas lee one because uh, there's some cool shots in it but probably it's the todd ingram one even though it ends too abruptly, as actually a lot of these fights do in the movie, um, with the vegan police stealing his um, vegan powers back. Um, so I was going to say to you before, Clayton, because you didn't recognize either of the vegan police. No. Um, one of them I wouldn't expect you to, which is Clifton Collins Jr., who's one of my favorite actors. He pops up in a lot of stuff. But the other one was Thomas Jane, who was the Punisher. Oh, was it? Oh, you didn't even know that? No, because no. I knew Clifton Collins like from from Westworld and all of that. I didn't, yeah, I didn't recognize Thomas Jane. From yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You oh wow, dude, you're a comic guy. <laughs> okay, kind of, like like the, the, the Punisher movie. Let's be honest, the good Mike, one. that was the Punisher movie. Let, yeah, not no, not the good one. The Warzone one. No, 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 not that one. No, the um, first one. Oh. The one with John Travolta is the bad guy. Is that the one with Kevin Nash in it? Yes. Oh yeah, I can't remember that one. I like Warzone. Uh, yeah, because that's a better Punisher movie. It's violent. It is. So yeah, it was um, the Punisher was the vegan police, one of the vegan policemen. All right. So that's cool. Do we want to discuss any more? There's so much to discuss about this movie, but um, I, I wanted to say I don't know. Haven't any of you guys? But like, I watched this movie a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I have had that Clash at Demon Head song stuck in my head the entire time. Hello again, friend of. I knew you were. Yep. I just yep. cannot Love stop it. thinking about that song. It's so good. Yep. I listened yep. to the original version as well, and I think Brie Larson's is better. She did a really good job of it. I thought that was her being dubbed. I didn't think that was actually her. Yeah, I think. Um, I'm not sure if it was her. I think I read that she sung that song. But the, you're talking like, about the um, Black Sheep. Co- yeah, Black Sheep. It's a cover of another song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, didn't she kind of start off as a as a recording as a singer, kind of as well as an actress? I think she's released albums and stuff. I think. Oh, okay. I think so. Anyway, I may be wrong. All right. Well, I'm sure somebody out there listening knows whether she actually sung the song in the movie. I should have probably figured that out in my trivia, but as it didn't come up, I can only assume maybe she did. That's a cool song, but I also love "Garbage Truck" by yeah. Six Bob Om. I'll take you for a ride. Garbage truck. That's a really cool song. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson, as in Captain Marvel, was in this movie. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. There you go. The, the two captains. 
It's like that scene in Scott Pilgrim where you see inside his brain and it goes, gets it. Wow. So what just, nine just, years has done, eh? Well, she's obviously made up differently there anyway. She's platinum blonde and she has her Marilyn Monroe type voice. and Way different look. Yeah, she has a different yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I prefer Captain Marvel. Okay, but yes, well, you got there, so that was good. Crazy. Cool, all right. So do we have anything else to say other than this movie is freaking awesome? And I think, like I said with Thank You For Smoking, this has probably made it into my top five, very high in my top five, in fact, because even on the second viewing, I just wasn't bored at all. There was no scene I wanted to skip. Oh, man, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Oh, just as, a, just as an aside, Google has helped me out here. Black Sheep performed by Metric and Brie Larson. Yeah. Oh, so she did. Okay, there you go. I, I, I had. I, Stand down, listeners. Yeah, I, I listened to the soundtrack on Spotify, the actual movie soundtrack, and it's the metric version. It's not the version from the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And I think the, the movie version is actually better. Okay. Yeah. I love the movie version. Very cool. Yeah. It is a good song, yeah. So it's got a couple of good songs in there. Oh, I just hey. while, I'm, while I'm looking at the soundtrack stuff, guys, not to digress too much. Uh, Slick, otherwise known as Patel's song, written by Dan the Automator and Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah, there you go. So, oh yeah, because because if they've if of... they've lifted the the dialogue or yes. from whatever, yeah, then he's in there. So he's everywhere. Plus, he he did uh, cartoons in the movie. Uh, he did some of them. Someone aped his style. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Ramona Matthew Patel backstory is pretty much uh, the same as what's in the book. But from, I believe I read that somebody else did the the artwork mimicking his style. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that. <laughs> also, there was um, all the storyboards for this movie, and this movie was extremely storyboarded because looking at the movie, it had to be. And whoever did the storyboard art aped Brian O'Malley's style too. So all the storyboards are in Scott Pilgrim style, which is pretty cool. Nice. Because um, they did a, and I meant to watch it before we did this, but there's a 10 year anniversary table read where where Edgar Wright and all the actors came together yeah during um, their to, lockdown yeah during the lockdown yeah and yeah, I, that was I really didn't cool. didn't get around to watching it before um before this recording but he did spill a lot of facts uh, in the movie as well including that he wanted to do a theatrical re-release but obviously covid came along and stopped that idea so hopefully it'll happen in the future it's yeah. a really fun to watch that table read it's, it's, oh, you did watch it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I remember seeing it on Facebook when it first came out and I'm watching that. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, nice. Yeah. Some people sub for other people because not everybody's available. And I think Chris Evans, from memory, has to he's there for a bit and then he has to go. And then they kind of rag yeah. on him in a, in a friendly way for having left. It's, it's kind of cool. So Chris Evans, man, he's um, been in quite a few comic book movies really now. So, I mean, he was in uh, this and then obviously all the Avengers movies, Captain America and stuff. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Snowpiercer, Push, I think, was based on a comic mm-hmm. as well. Yep. So that dude, he's... He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Hold yeah. up. Snowpiercer was a comic? Yes, it was. No. See, you learn something every Creepy. week. Mm-hmm. Graphic novel, if you like. A little more Graphic correct, novel, yeah. Let's be fair. Um, but yeah. Well, you could say the same about Scott Pilgrim then. That is true. Yeah. So there you go, Clayton. All right. You've got something to go and read now. Ah, crazy. Yeah. So um, we could sit here talking about this movie and its awesomeness for hours, probably. Yeah. Should we instead just hit the trivia? Because I've got quite a lot. We can discuss anything you want to during that. Let's and, do it. Um, roll. Yeah, cool. Here we go. 
All right, so let's start the trivia. At the time that this movie went into production, only two of the books were written. So while the film is heavy with lines lifted from the books, it actually turns out that some of the lines from the movie ended up making it into the later books, hmm. which is quite cool. Yeah. I think, as we said, like um, when me and Brian got to the books, I think there were five of the six out. Yeah. Or uh, I feel like it was anyway. Maybe it wasn't I th- even that I think, many. I think it was, yeah. I think it was just the one that, that wasn't out when I'd started reading them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those Game sort of, of Game of Thronesy type things here yeah. where it's like, oh, they're going to make up an ending. Yeah. At least Brian Lee O'Malley finished it. Yeah. <clears throat> but the good thing is the ending of this movie was actually going to be, and it was filmed, that Scott does end up with knives and not Ramona. Ah. But I think it didn't test very well. And at Brian Lee O'Malley's request, they reshot it. So he ends up with Ramona. I I think I read that Brian Lee O'Malley wasn't even sure who he... I think Scott was going to end up single in the comics originally. And then it ended up that he... Spoiler for the comics, if you're going to go and read them, ends up with Ramona. He's a bit of a jerk. He probably should end up single. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, and that's what I was going to say to you before when you said that you didn't like the Ramona character as much in the movie as you do in the book. Mm-hmm. That was purposely done in a way that she came across as a bit icy, All right. um, so you wouldn't like her. So when he does end up with knives, you wouldn't feel slighted. Oh, I get it as much. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that reason. Yeah, except I actually sort of went off knives a little bit when she became super stalkery. But anyway. Oh, and actually, going back to saying that the Todd Ingram fight is one of the better ones, the one thing I, that is very cringy in this movie is when he punches knives out. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. just because it's a dude a punching here. out a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a funny line, and it, and it makes the scene... Uh, well, not funny, but you know what I mean. Um, Got to be careful how I word it. But just having like a full-grown man punch out a high school girl is... Yeah, but yeah, the, the whole the line about the highlights maybe takes the edge off it a little bit because it makes yeah. it a comedic thing. But yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a that's a solid punch. It's a cartoon punch. That's a Superman punch. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in the book. It's a different character that knocks out knives and her highlights, but that character wasn't really featured, so they used him. I probably would have used Envy Adams personally because then at least it's a girl. So anyway, we're not here to address societal issues so let's move on the 8-bit universal logo which i played at the start of this podcast and opens the movie was edgar wright's idea uh it was designed by his brother oscar who's the concept designer and storyboard artist on the film the logo seen in the final film was actually just a first draft it wasn't supposed to be the one they they used but it was really well received in test greetings so they just stuck with it going back to uh, the music of the movie um, Beck was actually the one who wrote all the songs for Six bob in this movie Scott's often seen wearing the SP in a heart t-shirt which most people probably think is SP for Scott Pilgrim but that's actually the Smashing Pumpkins logo because uh, Brian Lee O'Malley was a fan he's also seen wearing a, a Zero t-shirt yeah and that was often worn by Billy Corgan, lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins as well. One of the film's acts, and I'm pretty sure one of the books, is called The Infinite Sadness, which is a reference to uh, Smashing Pumpkins' album, yeah, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Mm-hmm. During the writing of Hot Fuzz, 
Edgar Wright thought of casting Michael Cera as Scott Pilgrim after watching him in Arrested Development. He was the first and only choice for Scott Pilgrim, no alternate casting. And gotta say, when it was announced, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I couldn't think of anyone who could have done that better. So, any thoughts on that? Any disagreement on that fact? I haven't read the book, but he seems like perfect for the, the character. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else who, who springs to mind anyway. Cool. Well, the, the closest people would probably associate Michael Cera as Jesse Eisenberg, but I don't think he would have pulled this off because he's no. not really the same. So, yeah, back to my favorite line of the movie. He's good, right? Sometimes I let him do the wide shots when I feel like getting blazed back in my Winnie. Lucas Lee's line is actually based on antics. I'm just going to read it straight off IMDb. It's based on antics caused by Wesley Snipes during the making of Blade Trinity, one of the less good comic book movies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) According to sources, including co-star Patton Oswalt, Snipes frequently held up shooting by staying in his trailer smoking weed. This led to director David Goyer, director of Blade Trinity, um, having to use stand-ins and digital effects to add snipes into scenes. So that was like a little (laughs) jab. And that makes the line even funnier. Brie Larson wanted to be in the film because she was a huge Edgar Wright fan. She hadn't read any Scott Pilgrim books, but saw a a drawing of Envy Adams. She decided to watch the Adult Video Awards to get inspiration. And most of the female stars show in and those awards were acting very vain, so Larson based her voice and body language on them. <laughs> what was she in before this? I only know her from a couple movies, like later on, more recently. Yeah. Well, well Clayton, Clayton can go and Google that in the background because that's supposed I to be his do that job. Now. Yep, cool. All right, so I'll move on in the, the meantime. Um, so, alternate casting Robert Pattinson who everybody knows from the most excellent Twilight movies and the upcoming, which actually legitimately looks excellent, Batman movie, was apparently up for or or interested in taking on the role of Lucas Lee. But come on, man. Nobody no. could have done what Chris Evans did no. in this movie. N- not just hating on Robert Pattinson. No, not even that. No, it's just Nobody the... could have I did, done yeah. what he did. I agree. Yeah. And... This would have been cool because it would have foreshadowed really well towards the MCU. Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier, was up for or interested in the role of Stephen Stills, the the talent. This is Stephen Stills. He's the talent. <laughs> so we could have ended up having, um, although they wouldn't have shared screen time, it would have still been pretty cool to have them both in there. Rooney Mara, Zoe, I want to say Kazan or Kazan, sorry, and Betty Gilpin who is from uh, The Hunt most recently, all auditioned or interested in the role of Kim Pine. Cameos, Brian Lee O'Malley and Hope Larson um, are both in the movie, uh, immediately following the Clash of Demons head performance at Lee's Palace. You can see them both talking at a bar. I missed it both times. And I knew the fact, so I'm really useless. (laughs) I've already talked about the alternate ending, but another part of the alternate ending that thankfully wasn't shot was there was going to be a point where Gideon turns into a robot during the Scott Pilgrim <laughs> fight. Oh, giant mechanical spider, anyone? Yeah, yeah, right. That's a nice deep cut there, Brian, for, try, for those listeners. There'll be listeners who get that and hopefully are laughing. There was also, and I really hope this is fake, but it's not good. There was a scrapped idea that it would turn out Scott was actually a serial killer 
and all the video game aspects and fights were his fantasized versions of his murders. Oh no. <laughs> that is a terrible idea. American Psycho yeah. 2. Yeah. No. That, that sounds like a very made up thing. I really hope it's a made up thing because mm-hmm. that is terrible, but I threw it in anyway because just how terrible that is. I um, would watch that. Of course you would. <laughs> well, you did watch it, Clayton. That's... No, no, like, like if it was, if it turned out that it was all like different murders, then they replayed the actual murders. It'd be pretty interesting. But Clayton's got a script to write this weekend, like, right. a sh- like a Shyamalan or a Nolan or a Clayton. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here uh, first. All right. Did you find out about Brie Larson? Uh, year thirteen going on thirty. Oh, that's right. Um, and then a whole heap of other movies that I do not know. There was a Disney movie. Okay, but read some of them out because we might know them. Uh, Remember Today's Right on Track, House Broken, Just Peak, uh, Farce of the Penguins, Madison. Really? I'm sure she must have been in something. Sleepover. That's okay, well, basically everything before 2010. Oh, Greenberg. Okay, well, her career definitely took off after this, then. Yeah, for sure. You're like a superstar now. Yeah, it's uh, not really something I can put into words. All right, so now that Clayton's back, here we go. We always do comic connections, or we try to. This has more than you'd actually think, so I'll, I'll run through them and see if you knew most of them. Mary Elizabeth Winstead played Gwen Grayson in Sky High, which is a favourite of Brian's. Underrated movie. I think it's fun. That'll be a good one for the cast. I already know what I think of it, though. True, yeah. And the Huntress in Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Mouthful of a movie and not a great movie. Michael Cera was the voice of Robin in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, oh okay. So all right. That's a good one. Um, Chris Evans, obviously, we've been over. Human Torch, Captain America, and all the rest we mentioned earlier. Brandon Routh was, of course, Superman in Superman Returns. And he was the Atom in the Arrowverse TV shows. Oh, that's where I've seen him from. There you go. See? It's all falling into Arrow. Space. Yep. Yep. Ray Palmer. Uh, Brie Larson, of course, as we've mentioned multiple times, is Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers in the MCU. Excellent Captain Marvel. Best ever. Best ever what? Captain Marvel. She's the just, only one. Just best ever. Just, yeah, she's awesome. Is that your favourite MCU movie? No. Um, I like Thor Ragnarok because it takes a little bit from Planet Hulk, the comic. But I like all. I like the last two Avenger movies, and I like Winter Soldier, and I like um, Civil War as well. But I wish Civil War was a bit more better. Okay, well, I'll give you five points for Gryffindor because you said Winter Soldier, which is the correct answer of what is the best MCU movie. (laughs) And you can fight me on that, anybody. So you can feel free to leave a comment somewhere on our social media. Oh, I like Black Panther too. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Aubrey Plaza played uh, Lenny Busker in the Legion TV series, which is based on comics. Also worth a look, if you've not. Yeah, I haven't actually haven't watched seen it. it. I liked it. Nelson Franklin played bit roles in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain Marvel. Mae Whitman, who played Roxy, is the voice of Batgirl, Wonder Girl, and Stephanie Brown in DC Superhero Girls. And as we said, Thomas Jane played the Punisher. She's also um, the voice of Katara from Avatar, the animated series. Huh, see? And now I learned something oh, too. The fire, the fire chick? No, she's the, the waterbender. No, the oh, waterbender. the waterbender. Ah, yep, yep. Yep. The fire chick's the guy. Or the fire guy's the guy. 
Yep, with a scar on his face. She also, um, we were talking about Arrested Development a couple of times. She, she was in there, yeah. Yeah, she dated Michael Sierra's character. I'm just sitting here thinking that the geek credit of this for you three has just gone off the scale. In I've never seen I'm, Arrested Development. I'm in awe. I'm, I'm well impressed. And yeah, and speaking of Avatar, one of the also worst adaptations ever in history. All right. Uh, no offense to those fans. Are there heaps of offense. It's a bad movie. Sometimes you're a little gray, Mike. Sometimes I don't quite know what you think of things. Is that what you really no. think? You could be a little clearer sometimes yeah. as to whether you oh. like stuff or you hated it. I'll try. I'll try. Try how to um, All right. So a couple more. No one in this movie blinks. Don't rewatch it. <laughs> Apparently, Edgar Wright was known as the the blink Nazi because he figured that no one blinking made it seem more like a live action anime where the characters don't really blink. I'm going to go and rewatch it again because I only found out that fact today and I want to see if that's actually true. We have a candidate for most bizarre trivia ever. Yeah, right. But I thought it was a cool one. Um, Deadpool director Tim Miller, who was, uh, before he was the director, did a lot of visual effects stuff, animated the ninja game that Knives and Scott play. And... The title sequence that everyone seems to like, but doesn't have an epilepsy warning, was actually Quentin Tarantino's idea. Uh, not the, not how it looks, just the idea of having it, because originally it didn't have a title sequence, and he thought you need to let people settle in, so it'd be good to introduce all the characters and have a title sequence. And I will say that scene where the band starts playing, and it pulls out, but it keeps pulling out to make the lounge look really long, is brilliant. It's yeah, a fantastic like shot. Mm. And the last one is, and this is in the credits anyway, so it's not really a, a surprise fact or anything, but the narrator of the movie is um, Bill Hader mm-hmm. from a lot of movies and Barry, the HBO series which people should watch. So good. And, Love Barry. Yeah. And um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which people should also watch because those movies are great. And that's all my trivia. There's a lot of other trivia about video game stuff, but it made me realize that I don't play enough Nintendo and uh, couldn't really relate to the facts enough to give them justice. That's not the right way to say it. Anyway, so feel free to go look those up yourselves. All right, cool. So let's quickly go around and do favorite scene. Jared, do you have a favorite scene? Um, I think probably the same as the favorite fight, the Katianagi Battle of the Band scene. The, the music, the visuals, everything was great. Yeah, I completely forgot about that scene since I watched it a long time ago, and that's really cool. It holds up well. Also, just, oh, sorry, it, it, pretty much every sex bob scene. <laughs> just like every yeah. time they're playing, great, especially Kim hyping you up at the start of the song, just gets you so into it. Brian? I'm not sure if it counts actually as, as a single scene. This sequence, maybe, if you like, is all of the classic Demon Head. Just that, that whole bit from, you know, they're in there, there's all the, the setup while, while they're waiting for um, for them to come on, right through to the fight at the end. I just love that whole bit, the whole sequence. That's my favorite bit, I think, of the movie. I'm not sure I can tell you why. It's just funny. And there's the there's the base bit, as you say, coming through out of the dark, and just all of it. That's me. I actually really liked all the. I liked that fight scene because there's some really cool visuals um, Mm. starting where Scott lunges at Todd Ingram and he uses his psychic vegan powers to to hold him up in the air and um, just that whole scene where he in slow-mo starts turning backwards and all the very Superman-esque he he lifts he starts to float and the eyes are Mm -hmm. the eyes are glowing and all that kind of thing and the camera turns slightly and he's at the door 
Yeah, it's really... Yeah, you see him through the hole, he's, he's a little way away, and then it just, boom, and he's in the doorway. And then it's just all that whole thing about the half and half, and yeah. I thought really hard about this cup. I, yeah. I watched this um, just the other day with my partner who is vegan, and she loved that scene. She thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, favorite scene of the whole movie. Brilliant. And now wishes she had vegan pills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, Clayton, what's your um, favorite scene? Uh, the dragon fight scene with the twins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the vegan police, because they should be a real thing. <laughs> Seconded, oh. yeah. I'd vote for that. Okay. Right on. Sorry. <laughs> if I got those powers, I'd turn vegan tomorrow. Oh, oh no, I'm just like, if you're vegan, stay vegan, and then if you don't, if you cheat, then these people are going to come and They're going to come and yeah. Yeah. Mike, you want the vegan powers for the hair, though, don't you? Oh, totally. Yeah. Knew it. Okay, so my favorite scene is the Lucas Lee scene, because I just love Chris Evans. This is probably outside of Captain America, and possibly not another teen movie. This is my favorite. What are we doing that? We need to do that. (laughs) I'll say it now because I don't know when we're going to do that movie, but when Not Another Teen Movie first came out and I saw Chris Evans, I was like, that dude could be a star. But no, he won't be because he's in this spoof type movie. And, you know, well, Anna Faris did pretty well out of a a spoof movie. But, yeah, your career is, is probably not going to happen. And now I'll eat a hat because... Damn, man. He's Captain America. Even survived the Fantastic Four movies. That's he star did. power. Yep. Yeah, so that, that'd be my pick. Um, do you have an MVP for the movie, Jared? I I actually don't have a an MVP that's a character of the movie this time. I, I couldn't pick one like favorite, but uh, it'd probably be Edgar Wright and also Neil Godrich, who was the music producer, along with Beck, who wrote all the music. I'd say those are my MVPs. Cool. Uh, Brian? Knives. Really? Yeah. She cracks me up. Okay. Yeah, I thought she was really funny. There's just some, some really cool scenes. Um, yeah, even even the stalkery bits that you didn't like. I, I thought she was pretty cool. Yeah. Fun fact, she made that t-shirt herself. The Six the Bob, Bob, Bob one. one. Okay. Mm. Yeah, apparently right. she made a couple and that's the one Edgar Wright chose. Nice. Yeah, cool. Um, Another fun fact, yeah. if you like as well, is that, and I'm double checking because I looked this up, but I'm going to make sure that it wasn't a fever dream. She is in fact older than Michael Sarah. She is. She's 25 when the movie came out. Yeah. Oh, wow. when the movie was made. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's three years older than Michael Sarah. So. Yeah, which is why the line when she's talking about Ramona and she says she's so old, she's probably 25, uh-huh. is a much funnier line when you know she's. When you know this, yeah, exactly. Mm. So there you go. Cool. Um, Clayton, what's your um, MVP? The special effects team. Why yeah, they totally didn't right. get an Oscar for that, I don't know. Because it was all over the show. Like, every part of the movie had some sort of special effects. Even if it's just a comic book blurb that, you know, pops up. Yeah. And everything else. But, yeah, I like them. They definitely spent their $80 million, that's for sure. Because without them, the movie would be terrible. I don't think it'd be terrible, but well, it no, it'd be worse than what it. Yeah, it'd be yeah, worse. Not worse because it's not bad. <laughs> no, no, but I, I mean, it made the movie for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good. My MVP is well. You guys have already said all all those. You've said it great. You've said the visual effects, all that. So I'm going to go with Karen Culkin, who played Wallace Wells, yep. because yeah. every single piece of dialogue and every scene he's in is awesome so that's my mvp for this movie i love where he's falling asleep texting 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the sister still rings. Yeah. yeah. So good. Cool. So, I think then that will wrap up our Scott Pilgrim talk. Okay, so quick round table. Let's do a thumbs up, thumbs down. So, Jared? Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Brian? Likewise. Clayton? I'll give you one thumbs up. Oh, man. Okay. Well, then in that case, it is by my quick maths. Ten? No, that's not right. Nine. How do no. we get ten? What? Hang How on. do we get nine? Seven. Seven. Oh, my gosh. I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, no. You leave that in. Keep it in. Keep that it has in. to stay in. Totally leaving it in. Seven thumbs up. All right. So, for a podcast with four hosts, making the math even easier when you say it that way, seven thumbs up. <laughs> all right. Your math isn't as good as Nick Naylor. No, not at all. See, nice callback. Hey, anyone playing along with their Heritage Film Club bingo card wouldn't have filled out much today because we haven't mentioned other things which we'll continue not to mention. No. And we'll save it for next time, hopefully. Maybe. Depends on what the pick is. So, speaking of what the pick is, it's going to be Clayton's pick next time when we return in just one week because we're catching up on the schedule due to the delay on this. So, thanks for tuning back in a week late. And we'll be back in a week with Clayton's pick. Now, I've prepared a statement, if I may, to hype up my pick. Can you bear with me? We can bear with you. Okay. My fellow podcast listeners, I talk to you all through your devices during a time where great nations are divided... An unstoppable virus is spreading the world, and current world leaders just speak lies. However, I, Clayton, am the deliverer of first for this podcast. The Wolf of Wall Street, the first episode, was a movie on my list. Check it off your bingo list, sorry. The Fast and the Furious, the first franchise movie we discussed, selected by me. Batman, our first Batman movie, was selected by me also. So now I give you another first. My selection may make you laugh, cry, in Brian's case, rage, or just to remember a better time, say 2004. This is a first for this podcast as we will watch and discuss. A movie that features puppets. I knew it. My selection can be summed up by three words. Oh, no. (laughs) Doka, 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 or America, fuck yeah. Oh, no. We are watching Team America World Police. Thank you. Good night. Okay, well, okay. First of all, bravo. Bravo. Oh, oh yes. Not on the choice of movie. I had to hype it up. That's a genius hype. Yeah, it was a good hype. It was a very good hype. (laughs) Oh, man. I was trying so hard not to laugh. I had to mute the microphone. Um, At what point did you you figure out what we were watching? When you said puppets. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, likewise. I had an it's idea that that's what you'd be picking. Now, I the reason I sent that text today, just just for the listeners, was I wanted to get a age spread 
demographic in relation to how people react to the movie. See, so like nineties, eighties, and then Brian. So I'm an era on my own. I can't remember what what era you you fall within. I know you're not the eighties, and I know you're not the nineties. So that would make when we were born. No, seventies. I lived through all of those. Yes, all of the seventies. Thank you. Yeah. So I wanted to get a spread in relation to how how it was all you know interacted and stuff. So we all just watched Scott Pilgrim. It's not that far off that. Um, in it's terms of quality, puppets. it is. Yes, it is. In terms, uh, man, I hate puppet stuff. All right, um, cool. Well, great, good pick, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Okay, this might be my Wolf of Wall Street. Um, but <laughs> hey, somebody was going to rage, and I was guessing it was going to be Brian. I oh, probably a silent. Let's see. I've never um, seen it. Oh well, you're in what? for it. Have you never seen? I've, ne- I've never seen it. I'm going to leave it there. How much South Park t- have you watched? I'll, I'll tell you in a week. Yeah. I watched a lot of South Park for as long as I liked it. Yeah. I can't okay. remember how that overlaps with this movie. Oh, no. Anyway, come back in a week and I'll tell you. It's I made think it was early on in South Park. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. Okay, well. We are on. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since I saw it at the cinema, however many years ago. Yeah, same. Um, I haven't seen it for years either. So it may pull out a miracle like most of these movies do where I hated it and then I end up liking it but I really don't see that happening so we'll see you next week uh, good okay well there you go um, I have no words so <laughs> alright so as I said um, we'll be back in one week not two weeks um, to uh, discuss Team America, World Police. Say it with a bit more, you know, oomph, please. I feel like you're slumped over in your chair now. Come on. I I don't want to watch it. The whole point is to watch a movie that somebody else selects. Thank you very much. Yep, no, that's... Now, for this one, I can literally write forced us to watch. So, (laughs) so thank you for that. So, hang on. Anyway, I shouldn't bag it because I might end up liking it. So, in a week, we'll come back to... um, to discuss Team America World Police <laughs> and until then can, I, I really can't uh, until then follow us on social media uh, Instagram and Facebook at Heritage Film Pod and you can email us your comments at heritagefilmpod at gmail.com or leave us a voice message for free at anchor.fm slash heritagefilmpod uh, leave us your comments um, I will say thanks to everyone who commented when I posted up the question of what's your favourite uh, Scott Pilgrim fight scene. Um, got quite a lot of good answers. I think in the end, every fight was covered by somebody, but the majority definitely went to, I would say, Todd Ingram, the vegan fight, followed extremely closely by the Lucas Lee fight. So thanks to everyone who did that. Um, I'll think of some sort of question to ask about the puppet movie and <laughs> and we'll get your thoughts on that uh and until then we are out loved what you've heard on this week's episode well well the answer is simple it would mean the world to us if you could head over to itunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you. That's the end. Thanks for listening.